Well, this could, uh, gives us a good point to stop now. We'll continue with this here on Iron Sports, but it's time to go to Greg Almond of The Athletic, also the author of Champa Bay. Greg, uh, welcome so much to Iron Sports. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> Greg, we're just talking about the Daytona 500. This is Ira. I was at uh, Super Bowl last week in Daytona this week. So a lot of excitement here down in uh, Florida. Yeah, no, busy week. Lots going on there for sure. It, it seems like it just goes from one thing to the other right now, the way it's going in the state. So I read your book, Champ A. Um, everybody should get it. Let me let the, the, my listeners know how it is one of those flashbooks that comes out. The picture, you have stories about interesting stories, and also you have some of the best pictures I've ever seen, football pictures. I mean, these were just tremendous pictures. Yeah, really happy, happy with the way it came together. It, it's wild how quickly they can put these books together. Uh, you got a championship game, and, and less than a week later, it, it's in stores. Uh, but it was really neat to have it come together. Lots of great stories. This is the kind of season you want to write a book about, and, and Joey Johnson and I had a great time doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those. Just it, I just I enjoyed looking at the pictures. It's like one of those books when you look at the pictures, you like spend time like analyzing the pictures and the feelings because like, you hadn't seen these pictures before. So I think it's like the, it, for people who are like, I don't want to read a 200, 300-page book about Tampa Bay, it's mostly pictures and with some stories, and the stories are really illuminating about that. And uh, one of the stories, one of the aspects of the Tampa Bay uh, that you talked about was the general manager, uh, Jason Light, in terms of what kind of team. And I don't think he gets another, enough credit for building this team in terms of the draft picks from Vita Vea, Ronald Jones, uh, Carlton Davis, and then Devin White, Sean Murphy Bunning. And even you went over Tristan Wirth and, and Anton Winfield. I mean, just perfect. He's just drafted well and then signed great free agents. And it just doesn't seem like he's getting the credit for, for building this team that Brady wanted to go to. Yeah, I mean, there was a long time where people weren't sure if he should even be back. You know, I mean, not a lot of GMs get to go through multiple head coaches and go five, six years without making the playoffs. Um, and to the Glazers' credit, I mean, there, there's not a lot of patience in the world of pro sports these days. Um, you know, obviously he helped them get Bruce Arians, and then he helped them get Tom Brady. And that's, that's probably the two biggest pieces of this puzzle in terms of the team coming together. Um, like you said, has really hit well on his draft picks. We were just looking at the 2018 draft today. Um, you get five starters from that draft. You know, did some really, really smart work to trade down and pick up some picks, and then really hit on them. I mean, that's the other thing. It, it, it's one thing to get draft picks, but you really got to make the most of them and hit them. And they certainly did that on their first two picks this year to to get two rookies who could step in on both sides of the ball, like you said, in Tristan Wirfs and, and Antoine Winfield. Yeah, really neat to we see see the way it came together. And obviously, um, you know, Jason has been here longer than just about everybody in a football standpoint, so he could definitely appreciate how far they've come. And then you just mentioned about getting Bruce Arians to be the coach. I mean, he was in retirement from the Cardinals and somehow convincing him. And I, I mean, it wasn't one of those universal things where everyone said, well, that's the perfect choice. I mean, it's like, is he too old? Is this not the right thing for him? Is it just a rebuilding? But it was, a br- of course, as it looks now, a brilliant move on the part of Jason's part. Yeah, I mean, I think the main concern was just the age and just the natural. Everyone talked about Father Time being undefeated. I mean, there's never been a full-time 43-year-old starting quarterback in the NFL for a full season. So to see him not only not drop off, but to really bounce back incredibly well. I mean, 40 touchdowns in the regular season, that's the second most in his career in 21 years. And then, you know, to have a postseason like he did with 10 more touchdowns, um, you know, really stepped up and limited his mistakes. That's probably the biggest area where they took a step forward is just not having so many interceptions, not having so many turnovers. And the rest of the team was better as a result of that, for sure. 
And then you highlighted in the book about Levante David, who sort of comes on this defense not talked about, but setting that tone in September in terms of he was the uh, the player defensive player of the year for the month. But just he's been the guy there the longest, you know, preceding everybody. But his ability to just, yeah. you know, it's, it's, sometimes, you look, the team's changing. You've been here, I think, was it how many years? You know, number of years. And some of these veterans are like, you know, move on. But he stayed with the team and, and embraced the new veterans and also worked with all these young players that brought in. Yeah, Levante, more than anybody else, you really appreciated how much it meant to get to win this. You know, that just, you think about the rookies to get to do this in their first season. This is year nine for him, you know, really put in the time. It's hard to go nine years in one place in the NFL without making a playoff game. And he hadn't known that until this year. So it was neat that when you talk about Brady, I mean, I think one of the things that Brady was really motivated by, he's got so many rings. And it's been so long since he's been able to really introduce an entire room of people the joy of playing in the in the playoffs of football and playing in the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl and really was able to I think there's there's about six guys on this team that have won a Super Bowl before this year but the rest of the roster didn't know that and hadn't come close to that so to see them have that joy and to see Levante be able to to savor sticking around so long and kind of getting the fruit to that with a Super Bowl was really special. And one of those players you mentioned with the Super Bowl rings is Rob Gronkowski. And I don't know if you were the one to ask him the question when he said early in the year when he hadn't caught a lot of passes, he goes, I'm a blocking tight end. But he, and he said that, and people looked at it negatively. But when you look at the Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey, if you're the Chiefs fan, you would like Travis. I mean, as much as he's a Hall of Famer, going to be one of the greatest tight ends of all time, you, they needed a blocking tight end. When their offensive line was down, they needed a, They couldn't, because he doesn't block, that hurt them. So talk about a little about Gronkowski's just you know, total buy-in to the, what they were doing in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was really neat to see how, how well Gronkowski just did whatever they asked. You know, I think he's so known for being a pass catcher. I mean, he caught more touchdowns in the 2010s than any player in the NFL. So to have him be a blocker, and early on I think some of that was just him kind of getting back into shape after being out of football for a year. But you think about the start of the playoffs when they went to Washington, when they went to New Orleans, he was very much just a personal protector for Brady, just an extra blocking tight end somebody to take the edge off what were some really good pass rushes they faced early in the playoffs. I think he had two catches total in the first three games, um, which is so selfless when you've been a, a you know a primary target in the past. And, and no one has caught more touchdowns from Brady than Gronk has. So it was really neat to see him get the payoff of being able to get the first two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and have that on such a big platform. It was neat because you know in doing it, he got to 100 career touchdowns with his second touchdown. And he and Brady got to break the record that Montana and Rice had as the most prolific touchdown combo in NFL playoff history. So really neat all around. If you see somebody who's already won three or four rings, you'd think it doesn't mean much. But I really think it meant a lot to both him and Brady to get another one here in Tampa. And those T-Mobile commercials they're doing now are tremendous. They are very <laughs> funny. They we're, really are. We're yeah. talking to Greg Almond of The Athletic, author of Champ Bay, which is available in the bookstores now or online. It's called Champ Bay. A tremendous book about with great pictures and stories about the Tampa Bay uh, season and the championship season. So a lot was talked about this year about the friction between Coach Arians and Tom Brady, uh, and that it was like buy-in and those things. We're, you know, we're going to talk. We talked to Justin Watson last week, and he's saying, "Well, it just took time for everybody to, to sort of feel each other out." But what, what did you see from covering the team? Whether this friction, because I think the national media tried to bring out that there was so much friction, but it seemed like from the local perspective, maybe not as much. It was just the national trying to create a story. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely didn't have the immediate success they wanted to have. And I think there's a frustration that comes with that. But I never saw uh, any kind of chasm or any kind of real break or divide between the two of them. You know, I think 
people that have been around Tom Brady have been so used to having Bill Belichick, who doesn't really say very much of anything in press conferences. Um, so he isn't really publicly critical of his quarterback. He just doesn't say very much at all. So by contrast, Bruce Arians is at the opposite end of the spectrum. Bruce very much speaks his mind, is very blunt and honest and open and candid. Um, and I can see where for some people that might take a while to get used to. I think Tom Brady knew what he was getting into there. I think that's something that might have affected the people around him more than it did Tom. So it, it took a little while for them to be clicking um, as well as you want to. But, I mean, he had – I mean, Bruce Arians has coached a ton of great quarterbacks, and you can make a good case that Brady had the best year of any of them at 43 um, with no real offseason to get used to his teammates and a new offense, new coaches. So just a remarkable season all around, not only himself, but especially what he was able to do for the team around him. And I was at that game in November. We talked about this again when they were down 17 nothing in the first quarter, and uh, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards, which I've never seen ever happen. But from that moment, it seemed like then they just – I saw on the sideline Brady, I was right behind the bench, and he was screaming. I mean, not screaming, but he was like – it was more encouraging players. But from that moment on, it was just you – know, they, they really that – that sort of set the tone for them to come back. And what did you see at, you know, at the rest of that game and then the season? Were they, were they able to turn it around and then just win the rest of their games? Yeah, you can really point to that as a turning point. I mean, it was, it was probably their worst quarter of the year. Um, just not having anything to work on offense and not being able to stop them on defense. You're down 17 nothing, And to come back and make that a game, um, I think it, it kind of gave them a little bit of positive momentum a little bit going into their bye week. You know, they had lost three out of four, but at least they, they kind of found themselves there a little bit. Uh, this is a team that came back really well in games. They were down 17 to the Chargers and won. They were down 17 at the half to the Falcons and came back and won. And they could, couldn't pull it off that day in Kansas City, but I think in terms of giving them the confidence that they had in the Super Bowl. I think that the last three quarters of that game were just a good reminder for them of, of what they could do and what they are capable of doing when they when they do things right against even a talented team like the Chiefs were. And the one thing about defense that I noticed in the Green Bay game in the Super Bowl is their ability to, against Aaron Rodgers, now the whole comment was that they didn't go for it on fourth down and they kicked the field goal, but really the fact that twice – Aaron Rodgers had a chance within like the 10, 12 yard line to score a touchdown and, and, he, and he had to kick two field goals. And then the Super Bowl, the same thing with Mahomes. So technically, you know, really gets the two best quarterbacks in the league. That defense, you know, within the red zone, you, you could put at a statue one, but they held, you know, five times these teams to field goals and not touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. That was absolutely the crowning achievement of this defense. I mean, they had done that before, but I mean, to do that in three straight games against Breeze and Rodgers and Mahomes. Those are three Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks, and to end their seasons and eliminate them is not an easy thing. So, yeah, I felt like in Green Bay, it, I mean, in Green Bay they didn't have quite the turnovers they had in some of the other games, but, you know, Green Bay was the number one goal-to-go offense in the NFL this season. They hit 90%. So if they got it to where they had first and goal, 90% of the time they were getting touchdowns. And twice in that game they held them and stopped them from getting a touchdown. The second time, obviously, you know, was kind of that weird fourth-down decision for the field goal like you talk about. But that's huge. I mean, that's, that's a four-point win every time you do that. And, and they showed it against Kansas City early on. If it's a 7 nothing game instead of 3 nothing, Kansas City has a lot more confidence. Um, you know, even at the half, it's 14-14 instead of 14-6 before that score right before halftime. It just... I think it gave the offense a little bit of leeway and really allowed them to take control of the game much more commandingly than they had if they had been given up touchdowns in the same position. 
And one last question is, like, where does Tampa Bay go from here? I mean, everyone's talking about, well, every team is dealing with this. I mean, there's very few teams that have cap room and no free agents. But to have Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, no Dominic Sue, plus the Gronkowskis and the Fournettes. I mean, they seem to have a lot of decisions to make. But what do you see in terms of coming back for next year? Because clearly, you know, the core of this team wants to run this again and, and repeat. <laughs> they're, they're, that's how they're talking. Yeah, they've got a ton of free agents. Um, they've got some, some room room in the cap to get them in, but they've, they've got to convince a lot of people to come back and maybe take less than they could get elsewhere um, just to run through the names of all the guys that are unrestricted free agents. Chris Godwin, Dominican Sue, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, uh, Ryan Suckup, their kicker, just a ton of guys. And, again, you hope that the experience of winning and, and the way this team won – will make those guys want to come back for it. A lot of those guys are veterans or guys that have been in the league, um, made their money. So maybe you, you take less just to have the chance to, to do it again and have another magical season, maybe a little closer to normal with, with crowds being better this fall if things go right. Uh, but, no, it'll be neat to see what they do, and they've got some tough decisions to try and make this team a winner again in 21 without giving up too much to, to sacrifice the franchise's future as well. And, I mean, Tampa Bay, the fans have sort of got – they really don't get the credit for being – I think they're pretty good fans. I mean, they've gone through some a lot of bad years, and people don't give them like – you know, the, it's called Northeast biased, whatever. Even the, but Miami Dolphin biased to some extent too. So I think, I think the fans, if you saw them turn out for the boat parade, that was great. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be exciting to see what happens next year with the fans back and how they can galvanize around this team. Yeah, I felt like that parade was a reminder that they really hadn't been able to, to feel the, the warm embrace of this city around them. Just because, you know, all the playoffs, all three games were on the road. Um, you know, late in the year, two of the last three were on the road. So there just weren't that many chances to, to appreciate how much this city had rallied around this team. And hopefully, you know, if things are better in the fall, I think you'll see that. This would have been, if this was a normal attendance type season, they would have had sellout crowds all year long, you know, which is a big step for a team that was really kind of bottom five in attendance uh, the last couple of years when they were struggling as long as they did. So, yeah, it'll be neat to think that if they can find the same success this, this coming season, it, it'll probably be a different experience for fans for sure. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on Ira Sports. I appreciate it. This is Greg Almond of The Athletic, author of Champa Bay, a great book that's available in bookstores, and also you can just order online, Champa Bay. So thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks guys so much. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a good night.